listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning, church. How y'all doing? Man, I'm glad you're all awake. I'll tell you, this week, who has been a week? God has been really, I guess for lack of better words, been crushing me all week, if I want to be honest with you guys. It's just been day after day, just the Holy Spirit just been really just crushing me. And I want to be honest with you guys today. Is uh, I, don't, I don't want everyone to, anybody to ever think that this is about me or Dallas or even Connection Church because it's not. It's about Jesus, amen? And I think every single day we got to strive to make the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus. And this week, man, God has just been, been, been crushing me because my heart is so burdened for people. My heart is so burdened for people. I, I've talked with people all the time, and it's like, you know, not really understanding what salvation is. But yet they go to church their whole life. People that, 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 that claim to be a Christian because of the good things they do, but not even really having a grasp of eternity. And my heart is just breaking And this past week, I found myself on my knees crying out to God, saying, God, what in the world? How can can we change this? How can can I do this? Just to wait. And God's saying, Jeremy, you can't. The only way that that anybody's going to change, I realize I can't preach good enough to, to, to make you live it. We can't sing wonderful songs and, and inspire you to walk this walk out and follow Christ. Because being a Christian and, and, and really making it to heaven isn't about religion. It isn't about coming to a church service. It's about following God every single day. And there's nothing I can do to make you want it that bad. I can preach. I can yell. I can shout. But you've got to want it. We can have church seven days a week, but if we don't want to follow God, we won't. We'll just come to church. And I begin to realize that this week, and, and it's like, God, the thing we're missing, the thing that, thing that a lot of you in this room right here are missing is the Holy Spirit. You're missing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only person that can allow you to walk this out successfully. If you're not walking in with the Spirit, then you're walking out of just really blind repetition. And I know some of you just gonna might freak out a little bit, but you're going to have to work with me this morning, Okay? I want you to stand up, if you will. We're a family, right? We're a family, right? Yes. Well, at my house, my family, when we pray, we hold hands. So if you will, hold the man or the woman's hand beside you. I'm pretty sure they washed them this morning. <laughs> and let's go to the Lord in prayer and petition God and say, Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit. God, move in our hearts and make your name real to us this morning. Father God, we come to you right now. God, I'm just... Join the hands of my brothers and sisters right now, Lord. And God, this isn't about me. This isn't about Connection Church. This is about you this morning. Father, we want to glorify you with our lives. Lord, we can't do this on our own. So God, if we're not glorifying you with our lives, there's one of two things wrong. We don't know you or we're not taking you seriously. So Holy Spirit, we ask you right now. Convict us, Lord. God, I ask you, please don't let us leave this place the same as we came in. Holy Spirit, convict us, Lord. If we try to leave here the same as we came in, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would allow us not to be able to walk. God, if we try to leave here without talking to you, God, then please, Lord, let us leave here without being able to talk, God. Lord, it's most important. So many people look at at going to church as just this emptiness because we walk it out empty. God, we need you, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, God, so that we can walk this out, so that we can make a mark, so that we can be intentional every single day. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. Lord, we're united, Lord. We're a family. We're trying to seek you, God, earnestly, Lord. Help us, Lord, not be like the church at Ephesus, Lord. We're doing all these things, but you say you, lost, you left your first love. Lord, I pray that our actions and our hearts this morning would just speak out. God, we cry out to you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. 
God, move in a mighty way. Change us, Lord. Change me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. One of my biggest convictions is that we don't take God serious. And this week is when one of those things that God's just been hammering me, hammering me, hammering me. I want to ask you, are you taking God serious? Because this ain't about this service. This ain't about me. This is about God. As I was sitting at that baptism this morning, I couldn't help but think, how many people have come out of that water just as dirty as they went in? Because they have not allowed God to change their lives. They went through the motions, but they haven't trusted God to change their actions. And guys, if we're not walking in the Spirit, if we're not walking and following God, then what are we doing? What are we doing? And my heart this week was just broken. This is the last part of this wind series about generosity. And I'm just like, God, how, how, how do I... How, do we, how, do, how are we generous? We're not going to be generous unless we're sold out to God. Amen? We're not going to want to give anybody any money if, if we're not generous, if, we're not, if, we're not really, if God doesn't really have our heart. I mean, I know before I met Jesus, I mean, it was like I felt offended. You passed the offering plate to me because, hey, that's, that's going to be my drinking money. I can't put none of that in the plate. Act like y'all ain't got that idea in your head before, but that was my mind. That was my mindset. Because it was about me, not about Jesus. And, and just when I start thinking about generosity, I think about it, it's the quality of being a kind and, and, and really generous person, of wanting to give out of, your, out of a heart, of thanks, you're being thankful. Does your life show that you're thankful for what God's done in your life? Do you give out of a generous heart? And I know a lot of you are thinking, okay, generosity, here we go. Baptism Sunday, they got a big crowd. They, he want, they want my money. Let me tell you something. I don't want your money. Some of you are thinking, well, now you tell me since the offering plate come by. <laughs> but I don't want your money. I don't need your money. God doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Because God knows that things we value, things we treasure the most are things that we're going to give to, things we're going to, we're going to, we're going to want to pour out. We'll give, we'll give 110% to things we love. And God's like, look, I know if you love me, you're going to give back generously. He's not worried about your money. Guess what? Because he gave you the money in the first place. He's not worried about those things. He owns it anyway. He's just letting us borrow it. And our generous hearts are saying, God, I want to give back to what you've given me. And, and, but generosity doesn't start. I mean, it doesn't start until we truly start following God. I don't know why we think that when the offering bucket comes by, we throw a 20 in the, in the offering plate, and we're like, that's my good deed for the week. God doesn't want your obligation. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. And until he has your heart, your life's not going to change. You can keep being religious. You can keep going to church. You can, make, you can be a good person, but if you don't follow Jesus Christ, you're going to go to hell like somebody that don't. Amen. It's about following him. I don't know how. I can't paint a, a prettier picture, a better picture than that this morning. What gets me, when I, I read Matthew 6, 21. It says, you know, whatever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to ask you a question this morning. Does God have your heart? Does God have your heart? I went to a funeral of a man this week. Best man I know. Give you the shirt off his back. Loved him so much. Taught me a lot. But in his generous actions showed where his heart was. It wasn't that he was a good man. He was a good man because he loved Jesus. That's why he was a good man. You know, I think so many times that, that, that the reason that, I think the reason that we, we think, okay, God, I'll throw something at you, and he's going to be excited about that because we have the wrong view of God. We do. We, we, we think God is kind of like a man, and he's going to be happy. 
with our, our, our kind of half-heartedness because we gave him something. I mean, if we want to be perfectly honest, we think that God should be happy with the little bit of time we give him. You know, because we're busy people, right? We're busy. We got a lot to do. We got we got to go to work. We got to take the kids to daycare. We got to, uh, you know, we got all these things we got to do. You know, and, and you know what? If, if if I go all day long and I don't talk to God, you know, He needs to understand because I'm a busy man. So what if I go to bed and at the last three seconds before I go to bed, I say, "Thank you, Lord, for a good day." Does that glorify God? It didn't show a sincere heart. And I should be giving God out of a generous heart, saying, God, I want to give you my time just as generous as I'm giving you my money. But it shows. But the reason we act that way, let me let you in on a little secret. I want you, I want you to lean forward. Seriously, lean forward. A L- little more. A little more. It's not about you. It's not about you. Big secret, right? But it's not about you. Never has been about you. It's always been about God. You were put on this earth for a reason, not to satisfy yourself and your own desires, but to please God. Amen? And I'm going to go ahead and warn you, this is going to be tough. You better batten down the hatches, put your seatbelt on, because this is going to be some turbulent weather we're fitting to go through. That's the thing. And I, and I begin to think about, God, why? God, why? Why, why do we think that it's about us? And I, it's, it's all about our view of God. I read Isaiah 6, and I start reading and see how Isaiah just, he, see, he sees the presence of God. He, it's, it's like it's so huge. He says the train of his robe filled the temple, the temple just, the, just the fringe of it. He's seen how big God was, and he was like, woe is me. He was broken because he seen himself in the, in, the, in the presence of God, how big God was and how little he really was. When I, get out, when I walk outside and I look and I see the stars, I realize how insignificant I am. This is not my kingdom. This is God's. I was reading Revelations 5, and I want you to, I want you to understand how big God is. Revelations 5, chapter, verse 11. says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They enriched the throne and living creatures and elders. In, the vo- in loud voices, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. This is happening in heaven. Tens of thousands, millions of angels are bowing down to the, in the presence of God saying, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. I should make us back up and say, whoa, wait a minute. What am I doing? What am I doing? The reason, I'm telling you guys, the reason when the reality breaks in, when we realize that, that it's not about us, I think the reason is because a lot of us have lost our all about God. We've lost our all. It's not, it's not oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It's, it's, it's you know, we, we've surrendered our life, we're giving our life to God, and now we're just kind of walking out thinking that he owes us everything. Instead of being in the presence of God saying, thank you, Jesus, for saving me in my sins, because he didn't have to, amen? amen. But he did. This week I had a moment. I was keeping... My son, Payson, and, uh, you know, I was keeping him Wednesday, and I got through changing his diaper, and I was walking. I was walking uh, to the couch, and I had him sitting here on my arm, and his head was in my palm, and he was looking at me. And when, uh, when he was looking at me, I just, I caught a, a glimpse of him smiling. And uh, I said, hey, boy, and I pushed him back a little bit more so I could look into his face. And when I looked into his face, his eyes got so big. And he just smiled so big and his mouth opened up. And I was like, what is it, man? You, 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 you in awe? I said, I remember I said the words, are you in awe of your daddy? Because he was looking at me like, oh. Only person to ever do that. But <laughs> he, he did that. 
And I was like, oh, and, and, and I mean, I started tearing up and it was like, no, mama, God spoke to me. He's like, Jeremy, do you still have the awe of me that he has of you? Because guess what? He was helpless. He couldn't do any, he still cannot do anything right now. I have to feed him. I have to clothe him. I have to bathe him. I have to do all these things for him. He knows that he depends upon me. And the problem, problem difference is because you think you're depending and you're, you're doing everything on your own. And when God's given you everything, he's given you your health. He's given you the money, the job, the family, all these things. Even this breath he's given me right now, we should be praising him because of how big he is. But we think he owes us. And he doesn't. He doesn't owe us. This week I, I was reading Malachi. I'm going to read through it, and then we'll kind of break it down. But in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, it says, And the sons and his fathers, I'm sorry, and the son honors his father, and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is my honor due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty. It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how do we show contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands. Will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the doors to the temple so that you would not light useless fires in my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept no sacrifice from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises and the sun sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought, in, brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiled and his food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I attempt them from your hands? Accept them from your hands, I'm sorry, says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among all nations. And that's kind of tough this morning. But see, what God was dealing with was a people that was giving God their worst, giving God their leftovers, and he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. Look, we win in the area of generosity is when we give God our best, amen? When we give God our best. If we give, if we give our leftovers, if we, give, if, if we work at our jobs the way we follow God, we would all be starving to death. We have to be giving our all, giving our best 110% to God. And he wasn't happy with their half-heartedness. We, we think that we can just come to God anyway. You know, I, I went back to uh, Gen uh, hold on. Genesis. There we go. It's Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel. Let me read that right quick. It says, now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked soil. In the course of time, Cain, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel brought an offering, fatty portions, for some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked at it with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain, his offering, did not look with favor. So Cain was angry, and his face was downcast. God said, look, I want you to bring me my best. 
I want you to bring me your first fruits. That's what he told them. He wants the, he wants the, he wants the best. He wants your first fruits. Abel, Abel took that. He said, look, I'm going, I'm going to bring you my first. The, the first lamb, the first one, I'm going to bring this to you and give it to you because I trust you. I trust that if I give you this first one, you're going to supply for some more. But Abel, he gets what he wants, and he's like, oh, I, gotta, I, oh, I forgot. I got to give God some. Let me go out here and pick some stuff. So he goes there and picks some stuff and takes it to God. And God's like, look, I, I don't want your leftovers. I don't want your leftovers. I wanted what was first because when we take God what is first, when we give God our heart and we give him our first fruits, it shows that we trust him. It shows that we trust him. You know, I, I, so many times I think that we make all these excuses, don't we? We make all these excuses. Yes, this is fried chicken. But we make all these excuses. And what happens is God gives us such a big blessing. He gives such a big blessing. He's like, here, Jeremy, this is yours. To see where my heart is, what am I going to do with it? And I'm like, oh, God, oh, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, hold on a second. Hmm. Car payment. Hmm. Hmm. Truck payment. I try to eat this thing, we'll be here all day. <laughs> House payment. Insurance. Daycare. Who are we? Take a big slice of pudding. <laughs> mm, date night. Ooh, don't forget about date night. Ooh, the berry afterwards. Yes, sir, gotta have that. Gas, money. Gotta just gotta have some spending money. And when we get done, it looks like this, and we're like, okay, God. Okay. Here. This is yours. You can have it. Here, God. Here. And we thank God's like this. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's not God. God's like, man, that's all you got. If that's how you're gonna do me, I'd rather you not give it to me at all. Why really do you not give it to me at all? Why do we think giving God our leftovers pleases him when he gave it to us to begin with? Why do we think that? Why do we think that? I mean, I think God's looking at it saying, look, I don't want your leftovers because I see how extravagant you spend on yourself. I see the things you buy yourself. I see the way you live. And you want to put a 20 in the offering plate and be like, you know what, God? I have, ble- I have done what I need to do. And he's like, no, because I don't have your heart. You're in love with yourself and not in love with me. I didn't think that through. That took a long time to chew that up. And we got to understand a heart of generosity of saying, not giving God this, not giving God the leftovers. We're like, look, God, you gave it to me. I'm going to give it back to you, and you do what you want to do with it. We come, we come thinking about offering. We think about, about giving our money to God, and we think about 10%. Yeah, God said we need to give a tithe, bring the tithe into the storehouse. But look, 10% is just the floor. That's just the beginning, not the ceiling. That's the floor. Coming to God saying, Lord, I want to give you the 10%. I made $100 this week. God, I want, here, here's $10 of it. I want to give that to you because I'm thankful that you gave me a job. I'm thankful that I, got, that I can work. I'm thankful for these things. But the more God blesses you, the more you want to give. The more you want to praise God. Because the more we give, it shows that money does not control us. The more of our time that we give to God shows that Life is not about me and my priorities. It's about God. Amen? But when we don't, it shows that this is about me. And it's 
really shows that my heart is far from God. I mean, when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, I I come out of a heart of gratitude saying, God, I want to praise you. I want to give my life to you. I want to give my money to you. I want to give my, I want to give everything to you. Whatever you want, God, here it is. Because you are worthy. You get, I did not have, look, I get to spend eternity in the presence of God because of you. And I didn't have to. He didn't have to do that. And let me tell you, eternity with Jesus is better than any amount of money. Any amount of money that I can have here on earth. Spending eternity with Jesus is about, is better than anything I could do. About any, it's better. How about, how about our time? I mean, I mean, we get over here all day, we're, we're, we're doing all these things, we're spending two minutes before we go to sleep. I'm telling you, I've been struggling with that here lately. God, this, is, this is what God crashed me in the head with. And I've been giving excuses, like, God, you know this boy won't sleep hardly. You know I'm, I'm struggling here. I had a schedule, and now he's here, and it's wrecked it because he's got his own deal. And I'm struggling for time. And the other day, I was like, I, I mean, I was praying. I was like, God, I'm sorry. I hadn't gave you any time. And it was just like, crash, hit me in the head. It's like, Jeremy, where, you, where your time is also shows where your heart is. And I'm like, well, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How about our relationships? I mean, we're over here, like, I, we're idolizing these people in our lives. And, and so... So what if being in a relationship with this person causes me to sin against God? You know what? Because they're more important than God. That's what our actions show. So what that if, you know, this might not please God, but you know what? He needs this to get over it. He needs to get over it. Because he don't know how fine that girl is. Huh? He needs to get over it because he don't know what, how good she is to me. He, he needs to get over it. If that relationship doesn't please God, then you're more worried about you than you are about God. See, when I read Malachi, it's, such a, it's, it's just such a hard in-your-face thing to me this morning. Is he's saying, look, if, in verse 6, he said, look, if I am a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is the respect due to me? He's saying, look, if I, if I am truly your father, if you are truly following me, then why are you not obeying me? Why are you not obeying me? We obey people who have control over us. So if you're not obeying God, if you're not pursuing him 110%, if you're not giving him everything, is he truly your master? I'm tired of, I'm tired of that watered-down Christianity where you can just come to church and sit on a pew. I want authentic Christianity. That's what God's saying. I want you to be all mine, not just mine on Sunday. Because in reality, you're not mine at all. Verse 8, he says, <clears throat> when you offer blind animals to, for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame and diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering those to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord, God Almighty? And I think so many times, I mean, you got to put this in context here. They, they got this huge field full of sheep, great sheep. And there's one over there just blind, bumping into trees, knocking over fences. And he's like, you know what? Oh, put that one over there. That's God's. One that's lame, just kind of just limping around. Oh, put that into the side. That, that's God's. When you got all that, we had all that good stuff, and you're giving God the leftovers. And the reason is because it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. It's like, God, if I give you, God, if I give you this, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen if you don't give, if, if nothing comes back in? The repo man is going to come get the truck. Me and my family is going to be sitting in the box under the river bridge. God, what? We don't trust God. But God's saying, look, if you'll give me this, if you'll give it to me, you don't understand. We're so worried about this one thing. He said, look, if you'll give it to me, I am the God that created you. I'm the God that created this world. If you give it to me, just turn around. And when I turn around, I walk up and it's like, oh, Lord, look, look. 
at the blessings. Look at the blessings. And it's a box full. And God's like, I had that intended the whole time. But you had to trust me with the little for me to trust you with a lot. We focus on things the wrong way. I'm not preaching health and wealth here this morning. I'm preaching trust and follow. If we trust and follow God, he will give you more abundantly than you've ever have imagined. But the question is, do you trust him? Because if you're not going to trust him with a little bit, how's he ever going to bless you with a lot? How? How? Verse 10, he says, oh that, you would, oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, said the Lord. I will not accept an offering from your hands. He's saying, look, if you're going to come in here like that, just don't bother. Just don't bother. He's saying, I wish you would shut the door. I wish you would shut the door. How many churches is he saying, I wish the doors were shut right now because of their insincerity of serving me, their insincerity of giving to me, their insincerity about me. Lord, I don't. He's saying, look, shut the doors on the pretenders, people that are pretending to be serving God, people that want to look like they're doing stuff. People take, they take $10 worth of ones, roll it up and put it off plate like, ooh, look what he put in there. People will take a, I'll take a handful of quarters and put it way up and drop it so everybody in church knows they put some money in the plate. If our life is about us, the focus is going to be what attention we can get. But if our focus is on God and following him and pleasing him, and he is my master and I want to please him, we're going to give out of a generous heart. And in reality, when that happens, it don't matter how that makes us feel or how insecure we really are, we're going to give because we trust And when we give out of that, he's going to turn around. He's going to be like, here, here, here. And I use the example of chicken because everybody likes fried chicken. You know how many times somebody about stole this from me this morning. (laughs) Who don't want to be blessed by God? Who don't want to be blessed by God? But that never happens until we trust him. That never happens until we truly surrender and follow him. So many people live an empty life, an empty life under the mask of religion, never really understanding or feeling the presence of God, never really experiencing God doing stuff in their life because they never really trusted him. And let me tell you something. It is so easy to come to church and sit on the pew. It is so easy to to play the part. It's so easy to put the mask on. But when you decide to take the mask off and you decide to really walk the walk and say, you know what? I'm not doing this because of the benefit of heaven. I'm doing this because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I want to follow him. When you start doing that because you truly love Jesus, you truly want to please him, let me tell you something. You ain't going to be able to hold the blessing that God's going to put on your life. You might not live on a mansion on the hill, but you'll, serve, you'll have so much more joy than you ever thought about having. So much more contentment than you ever felt in your life. Verse 11 says, look, my name will make me great among the nations. For, wherever, for when, it, when the sun rises and where it sets, in every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord God Almighty. He's saying, look, because I'm great, my name's going to be made great. And where my name is being made great, those people are the people that love me. Are you making Jesus great by the way you live your life? Are people saying, look at that man. Look at that woman. They truly love Jesus because the way they love other people. They truly love Jesus because of their generosity. They truly love Jesus because of just their heart. They truly love Jesus because they're humble. When they've messed up, they they admit they're wrong. They're not prideful and thinking they're right about everything. Generosity flows, guys, from obedience to God. And 
it's a statistic. People will come, but their money will stay in their pocket until they truly encounter God. I had an old pastor tell me one time, he said, look, when, when you notice somebody that's truly given, they've truly surrendered. And it was like, well, that makes sense because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. God wants you to give. It's like he doesn't he don't want you. He says, I don't want this from you. I want this for you because I know that if you don't release that, that money is going to have a stronghold in your life. It's the root of all evil. I mean, greed and all those things come along with money. And, and it's just, it's, it's, if, if, it's, if it holds us captive, we become enslaved to it. We become enslaved to it. And he's saying, look, if you love me, you will obey me. You will give generously of your time, your talent, and your money. Later, and I know this has been some heavy stuff this morning, but here comes the good stuff. Who's ready for the good stuff? Amen. They're like, yeah, come on. I want some good stuff. Chad, just wait. I'm going to give you the chicken in a minute, okay? <laughs> he was like, man, I'll tell you what, I can eat it. I can eat it. Just give me a hold of it. Malachi 3 says this. Verse 10, he says, look, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Test me in this, he says. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is God saying, look, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God's saying, try me. Try me. Try me. If I turn my finances over to God, God, God's saying, turn, my, turn your finances over to me, over to me and, let, and let me show you how I can bless you. Let me show you how I can bless you. I've told this story before of a friend of mine that, that lives totally by faith, and he, he had a brand new he had a car that was paid for, and God told him to give it to somebody. He's like, God, I got five kids. How in the world can I give my only transportation to these people? He said, look, do you trust me? My buddy was scared to death. Thought his wife was going to kill him. He signs the title over to the person, gives the car to the family that needed it. You can't make this stuff up. By that afternoon, Franklin Chevrolet calls my buddy. He says, hey, um, your vehicle's ready. He was like, what you mean? He said, there's a brand new Chevy Equinox here with your name on it. Somebody purchased it and said it was yours. And he went and picked up a brand new car. Did he do that because he wanted a brand new car? Did he give up his ride because he wanted a brand new car? No. He gave it because God said to. He said, Jeremy, I live my life like this. He said, anything God puts in my hands, he's welcome to take back out because he gave it to me. And when he first told me that, I'm like, man, am I even saved? I mean, man, what in the world of faith this man has? But I began to realize the trust he has in God. He's saying, look, if you turn your time over to me, turn your time over to me. Trust me with your time and see if I will not bless you. At work, we get so consumed with work and all this stuff. And the biggest testament I have at work is that my men know that I pray. We're getting slack on work, and they're like, hey, Jeremy, you need to go to praying because we're getting slack on work. And I don't know why God does it, but he does it. The guys will go home a couple days without work, and we'll, me and people in the office that I've been trying to, to disciple, it's like, hey, guys, we got to be praying, so we'll get on our knees, we'll pray to God. Guess what? My buddy will say, at work, he'll be like, look, Jeremy, you need to pray a little more specifically because we got too much work now. Chase will be like, look, Jeremy, I know you pray, but hey, tell God you won't work in Jenkins County. I don't want to go to Tifton. But it just happens. And God said, look, trust me with your time. Trust me with these things. And let me tell you, I will bless you, but you have to come to me. Stop trying to do this stuff on your own. How about 
And I know relationships has nothing to do with it, but it keeps coming to my mind this morning. So how about your relationship? That's the area that we, a lot of times, we don't trust God in. We don't think he's big enough to change our spouse. We think that we have to sacrifice a relationship, sacrifice our relationship with God because of the people in our life. And God's saying, trust me with that. And I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but this has been on my heart all morning long. If you're in a relationship with somebody and, it doesn't, and, and it's toxic and it does not please God, God's saying, trust me in it. Trust me in it. My marriage is falling apart. And it took two years of praying. But I surrendered my marriage to God and guess what God did? He delivered it. He changed it. God saved my wife and God saved my marriage. You know why I gave it to God? Because I got tired of doing it myself. You can't fix anybody, but you can take it to God. How serious are you about, about pleasing God? If you're in a relationship that does not honor God, if you're living in, I mean, it's not one of those things of, if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're seeing one another and you're having sex outside of marriage and you feel like that that's just what you should do, look, God's saying, hey, honor me. Trust me. Abstain from that because obey me. Do what makes me happy. And if they're not the right one, I will send the right one. Amen? But when we stand, we settle for less than what God wants and we end up getting less than what God wants. If you're in a relationship and and, and something's not right, you need to surrender that to God. Saying, God, I trust you in this. I trust you in my marriage. I trust you in this relationship. God, change this. And God, if this isn't right, then God, give me the boldness to step out and please you even if they don't want to. Because pleasing God is the most important thing, amen? We won't be generous, guys, until we realize how generous God has been to us. I'm standing here before you this morning because of the love of a Savior. Jesus Christ did not have to come down from heaven and be born of a virgin and live a life on this earth and ridiculed by the people he came to save and be beaten and be slapped and be ridiculed. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to be hung on a cross. He didn't, that, those things didn't have to happen. But he chose to. He chose to do that because he loves you so much. You individually, each one of you, he loves you so much. That's why he did it. So that he did it. So that if you believe, if you trust and you follow him, you will have eternal life. We won't be generous. We won't be the people God's called us. We won't be giving God our all if he doesn't have our heart. That's why I get up in the morning and I praise him. That's why every day I'm looking for opportunities to tell somebody how good God is. That's why I get up Sunday after Sunday and, 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 and preach and share my heart. I share with you guys how much I fail. I share with you guys how really sometimes how dumb I am because I can't even pronounce some words in the Bible. But I don't do it because of me. I do it because of Jesus and I'm thankful for what he did for me. We operate out of that same genuine, God, you have my heart, so here, I want to give you everything. I want to give you my life. And in giving you my life, I'm going to turn my relationships over. I'm going to turn my time over. I'm going to turn my family over. I'm going to turn my money over to you. And that's you this morning. Look, that's me. I've never, really, I've never really followed Jesus Christ. I've been pretending. And some of you have been doing a good job at it. But pretending don't get you to heaven. Truly following Jesus Christ does. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of people saying, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. You know what happens? You know, you, know what's, you know what needs to happen? The hypocrites need to get saved. 
Maybe you're, maybe you're a pretender this morning and been pretending your whole life. Maybe you need to really surrender your life and give it to God today. Today's the day of salvation. When the music starts playing and the band comes up, when that happens, y'all come over here and let's pray. We will pray with you and help you, lead you, guide you, whatever. If that is in your heart, if God's telling you, Jeremy, not telling you, Jeremy, but telling you, hey, today's the day for salvation. Today you need to surrender your life. Today you need to give your heart to me truly, totally. Stop playing the game. And give it to me. That's you. That's what you need to do. For those of you that are saved, that you have made the commitment, what's holding you back this morning? What's holding you back? What's what's holding you back from being the child of God he's called you to be? What's holding you back? What does God need to take out this morning. Take out of your heart. What do you need help with? You see, so many times we hear the cliche of, of churches like a hospital where sick people go. Amen? That's where sick people go. Well, let me tell you, if I'm sick and I go to the hospital and I sit in the waiting room and the doc- doctor says, Jeremy, what's wrong with you? And I don't speak up and I turn around and I leave untreated. That time was useless. God's calling you today to deal with the problems of your heart. What's got you sick this morning? Maybe you need to give God the sickness of greed this morning. Maybe you need to say, God, take this from me. God, money has a, a hold on my life. God, take this from me. I want to glorify you. I don't want to glorify my paycheck. God, take this from me. Help me, God, be a good steward of your money. Maybe you need to say, God, show me that. Maybe you say, God, I don't know how to manage my money. God, show me how to manage my money. Show me what to do. I want to glorify you with everything, including my money. Maybe you need to give that to him today. Maybe maybe you're sick with a packed schedule. Maybe, Maybe you don't know how to get any time in with God. Maybe you need to surrender that to God this morning, saying, God, I want to value you more than what I have to do. So God, show me what I need to cut out this morning. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're sick. Your heart is troubled because of a relationship and you need to give that to God this morning. Say, God, give me wisdom on how to deal with it. God, give me the boldness to to honor you in it. Show me, Father, what I need to do. God, I I just, I mean, even myself this morning, we're all here broken. We're all broken, whether you want to admit it or not. And I say this often, but God can use a broken vessel, but he can't use a dirty one. So if you want to be used by God, then let's get on our knees before the holy God that created us and say, Lord, here it is. Take this from me. I don't care. I don't care what the people think beside me. I don't care what they're going to think about me. I just want to know that I'm approved in your eyes. I just want to know that I'm pleasing you, God. The last thing I'll say is that actions speak louder than words. It's a saying, I'll take me to my grave, but it's a thing of saying, I can show you better than I can tell you. And you can tell God all you want to that you want to change. But how you respond shows that your heart has truly changed. We can say all this stuff. We can put all these smoking mirrors up and we can try to fool everybody around us. But our actions show who has our heart. I've seen people in position. I've seen pastors that were just doing it out of doing it. And God never had their heart. I've seen deacons get saved because they realized that they were just, it was just a position and it really wasn't a heartfelt of of surrendering their life to God. And when they did give their life to God, their position had purpose. So that's my challenge to you today. Generosity flows from a heart given to God. Generosity flows from a heart that says, God, I want to give you everything. I want to give you my best. I don't want to give you my leftovers because you're not a God of the leftovers. Amen? You're not a God of the leftovers. 
And the reality is how you respond to how the Spirit is touching your heart this morning shows how much you truly believe in God. So if you need salvation, if you need, God's calling you to salvation, then come pray with me. Pray with Dallas and the prayer team over here. If there's sin in your life and you need, some, you want, you need to pray, come to this altar and pray. If something is just over the top and you need special prayer, the prayer team's here to pray with you. You're not in this alone. We're family, right? We're in this together and I love you and I want the best for you. I want every one of you following Jesus. Truly following Jesus. We got enough pretenders out there. Are you going to be one? Or are you going to be the real deal? Because your response shows it. As the band comes up, Father, we just, uh, God would just give today to you, Lord. Father, from the moment I walked into this school, I have felt your presence. And God, I just pray that, Lord, that the people that's been telling you, wait, Lord, won't tell you wait now anymore. God, I pray the people that will say later, Lord, won't say that anymore. I pray, God, for those that have been giving you their leftovers for years, God, will really realize that true satisfaction is in giving you our all. God, I'm just asking you right now. Don't let us leave here the same selfish, self-conceited, prideful people that a lot of us are. God, change us. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just come upon us in a powerful way. Break the chains, Lord, of religiousness. Break the chains of just good enough. God, help us honor you with our lives. Call us to repentance, Lord. Give us the courage to step out in faith. Lord, you know our hearts. This isn't about numbers. This isn't about anything. This is about serving you, making your name great. God, I pray that each person in here would get their relationship right with you this morning so that they can be an impact on their family, Lord. So they can serve their husbands or wives better. So that they can show their children what following Jesus really looks like. God, so that they can go to the workplace tomorrow, Lord God, and show them that there's a difference in their life and that they truly love you. They don't just say, they're not just pretending that they really do love you, God. With all this fake that's going on, all these fake people and all this stuff, God, I just, Lord, please help us be authentic. I ask you to break the heart of the person who has the hardest heart in here, God. Don't allow them to leave here without being changed. Speak to us, God. Break us, Father. Help us realize that, God, when we give you our best, that you give us yours. But you already have given us yours. You give us Jesus. Pour upon us, Lord. In Jesus' name.